Live. Awesome. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the Madman. Who are you? I'm Hill Hippie. And I am temporarily present, EK. Temporarily present. He's going to have to jump out of here sooner or later. I just know it. I got that feeling. Or are you just going to kick him out? Let's not lie. <laughs> Could be a little both. Little column A, little column B. Oh, okay. Welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. Uh, we usually start with our weekends. And this was Memorial Day weekend. So, Yeehaw. I want to give it up to all those veterans out there that didn't come home. You know, thanks for the freedom we enjoy. And I got to hang out with my family. Thank you. Had some delicious meats and cheeses. Meats and cheeses. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Drinks with my mom. <laughs> uh, was it a bacon-wrapped shrimp with Gouda in it? Ooh. Was it Gouda? It was, it was totally Gouda. Excellent. And so that was pretty much my weekend, Memorial Day. <clears throat> right uh, on. How was your weekend? Eh, I did absolutely nothing. Was it everything you hoped it could be? Uh, everything I hoped it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> I did some stuff around the house, watched some TV, ate some food, said some prayers for those who You're had passed. Boring! Right. <laughs> you did it right along with me, mister, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> but you both did nothing? I like yelling in the background because it comes out cool in the recordings. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You only think it does there, bucko. Why don't you go play with your miniature? Go protect his little monkey. Yeah. The little shock monkey in the other room. <laughs> little shock monkey with the biggest mouth of us all. We're going to teach him language soon. You just wait. You just wait. Yeah, it's the thing about children, man. You wait the first year for them to start talking. You wait the rest of their life for them to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like any relationship. You know, you do want a relationship, but at some point, you know, it's just like, boy, I wish I had opened this door. Well, that's when you just find yourself, a, get yourself into a relationship with somebody who's uh, mute, and you don't learn sign language. I've not met too many mute mute girls. I just got, you got to hold out there, buddy. Set your standards high. I will. I will continue to set my standards high. So, I mean, it was like grilling weather. I mean... I mean, it, everyone was worried over the Memorial Day holiday because, I mean, it had been raining for like three days straight. Right. Before Memorial Day. And then it was pretty nice. It was a pretty nice end of spring day. Yeah. And today today has also been pretty nice as long as you're close enough to some air conditioning. Yeah, I was outside in that all day. Tad humid. Tad humid. A little bit. A little bit. But springtime is here. The Caps are fighting for the Stanley Cup. Congrats to them. Right. Because I know, like, Washington Nationals are going to get knocked out early, and all I can do is reminisce. Remember <laughs> remember the Caps when they won the Stanley Cup? Well, don't butter your bread there yet, bucko. Exactly. They have a habit of Few, blowing it. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But, you know, good luck to the Caps. And, you know, you know good a- luck to my sister-in-law. Because once the, uh, the uh, Capitals either win or get knocked out, that means my brother will have to finally shave his beard. Which he grows for the caps, and she absolutely hates the beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, go caps for many, many, many reasons. Yes. <laughs> for many reasons. For the sake of love, go caps. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I want to talk about Roseanne Barr a little bit. Have you heard about what happened with her? I have not. Okay. Uh, I just want to preface this by saying, hey, remember when she sang the national anthem? Oh, God, I tried to forget. Okay, well, let's just keep that in mind. Um, anyway, Roseanne Barr apparently said some nasty things on Twitter. Shock. Yeah. What, what, uh, what would you expect from her? Uh, that's what she does. Yeah, I'm going to summarize this. It's like She attacked uh, Valerie Jarrett, uh, Chelsea Clinton, and George Soros, uh, apparently saying of the African-American one of those. What was it? That... Uh, was it a cross between the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes? Oh my good God! That's horrible, right? Uh, 
Agreed. Good lord. Yes, I completely just say, agree. Just say agreed. I'm I'm flabbergasted. And um, and when this news broke, I was just I thought right back to that time when she did the national anthem and it pissed everybody pissed her off. You know, pissed everybody, everybody off. off. Yeah. You know, and I'm just like, wow. But she didn't. I guess she wasn't doing the show at that time. But now her show's been canceled over something she said. Yeah. Yeah, I can see why. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, yeah, Roseanne's the type that's going to push the envelope, and no matter what she does. She, that's the way she got her show going big and become a classic, That what it was back in its day. Now she brought out this show. It was already pushing the envelope in the media because she portrayed a Trump-supporting yeah, lead character. character. Yeah. And in today's media, yeah. That, they attacked her for it. Yeah. But now trying to get more interest in the show because I'd read a couple of weeks ago that like her ratings had gone down substantially from the first couple of episodes. So I guess she was just trying to blow more steam her way. Or is she that fucking stupid? Well, the answer is yes, either way. Like I said, I referred to back to the national anthem. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know in retrospect like why she would ever agree to t- take that job. Would you come out and sing the national anthem? I'm Roseanne Barr. It's not like I'm known for having a really pretty voice or anything. Right. You know, people might listen to my show and say, that guy's got a good speaking voice. Right. I wonder if he can sing. And no, I cannot. I am tone (laughs) deaf. So the only thing I could do is, like, make my voice sound good when I speak. Yeah, I could give you a good metal growl, but that's about it. They're going to be like, what the hell is he singing? That's communism. Um, but I guess the issue is uh, very similar to like uh, this new ruling about by the NFL that um, uh, unless you're going to stand for the national anthem, uh, you got to stay in the locker room. And so I guess the issue is this: is this a matter of freedom of speech? You know, once you're a part of a hit show, semi-hit show, or part of an NFL team, then you are re- representing that team or that show or that network. That is, you know, and so that kind of falls under your company policy. Now, um, for example, uh, if you're working in a job that requires a security clearance, like I know some people who have done, have worked in that kind of situation. Right. They have social media policies where, you know, you can't say this, can't say that for good reason. We don't want our secrets getting out. Right. All right. But when it comes to things like entertainment, like NFL, uh, Roseanne, the show. Uh, then you got to fall under like it, that's publicity for, you know, you're making us look bad, right? You know, but at the same time you're coming to Colin Kaepernick and say you're making these this our team look bad, you're making the NFL look bad, and and arguments on either side of that, right? Yeah, to see, with- but I don't see a whole lot of on other on the other side like who's on the other side, who's on Roseanne's side see, on this. I, that's the thing, you know, with them trying to force the the NFL players either, uh, to stay in the locker room if they're not going to stand. I'm completely against that because you're ruining their freedom of speech 100% on that. But Now, with in this case with Roseanne, I see it as, and maybe I'm completely looking at it the wrong way, but I see it as the company exercising their freedom of speech. It's like, okay, well, you've said your thing. Well, here's us saying our thing. We don't like that type of behavior. Your show is canceled. That's our spe- that's our stance. That's where we speak. Yeah, I mean, even, they can even say, well, you know, the show was failing, you know, falling apart anyway. You know, viewership is way down. Mm-hmm. And so um, this was kind of like a final straw. Could be. Yeah, you might as well, you know, we might as well euthanize this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just thinking because there's a lot of actors that are on the show. I wonder how pissed they are. Yeah, but after reading this article, I read they they, yeah, they probably weren't too pissed, <laughs> and they're like, whatever. Uh, yes, let's see, uh, uh, Sarah Gilbert, well, she's got other shit going on, right? Uh, as far as you know, the guy from Big Bang Theory that played David, well, <laughs> he ain't worried. <laughs> he only made what what ep- uh, appearance on it? John Goodman. I can't foresee John Goodman being in a situation where he actually needs the work, right? Uh, now the. Uh, once, you, played, once, you, once you've made arachnophobia, you can pretty much retire, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Uh, classic. <laughs> that, and he was in The Big Lebowski. I mean, come on. Right? <laughs> He's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, 
the, the actor who played DJ. He probably needed the work. Yeah, that's what I mean. There's probably people on that show who needed the work. And the uh, the actress who played Becky, because they brought the original Becky back, not the oh, new really? Becky, who's you know was in Scrubs. She's done some work, uh, filling work here and there. She had a small stint on uh, How I Love Your Mother. She she's getting work. So oh, okay, but the original Becky, I hadn't seen her in shit for years. Yeah, so. She probably needed the work. Yeah, so there's some actors on there that are probably pretty pissed. I thought this was my big resurgence. Right? I'm back, baby. <laughs> well, here you go. Here's what I got to say. Oh, fuck. Thank you, Roseanne. Thank you so much. You brought me back and then you fucked me. <laughs> well, I mean... Well, I just... I, I, I did a rant on our Patreon. If you're a patron, you can read it early. And I did it last night, and I was, I was thinking over a bunch of things, like what we're going to be talking about today, last night. And so I did a rant, and it's kind of like a poem. So if you go onto our Patreon, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, uh, you can become a patron there for as little as $3 a month pledge. Uh, and there you can get the advanced content of a couple rants I made. But my point is, is that <clears throat> when you're working together on something like a show, you're very much a tight ship. You're a unit. Right. You know, you're a team, and it's interesting because um, the first two amendments of the Bill of Rights are very interesting in their order. The first amendment is freedom of speech. Yes, you can say anything you want, but two, everybody's armed. Mm. <laughs> Bear that in mind, right? Okay, and this kind of concept, this kind of aspect of democracy, was birthed on pirate ships. Okay, excuse me, privateers. All right. Um, <clears throat> And because, you know, people, uh, uh, pirate ships and privateers, it was far more democratic society than people realize, you know, crew mutinies, you know. Were commonplace. Yeah, it, it happened a lot, you know. Um, they would they would vote on, like, who's going to be the captain next mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And everyone got a proper share based upon their skill level and so forth. Right. And so it's a very democratic system. And it's all kind of based upon the idea is that, yeah, you can say whatever you want. But... Everybody's packing heat, all right? And that's kind of like how the basis of America was kind of formed, you know? Yeah, open your mouth, commit yourself. <laughs> but it it's different now in our day and age with social media and so forth is that um, if you're that popular on this huge ship called, which is social media on Earth, right? you know, and you get national headlines, you're Roseanne Barr and you're not Madman Lowercase at Shock Monkey Radio. Right. You know, you have to be accountable to that Mm -hmm. because so many millions of people, you know, you got this many people watching, multiply that by all the people on their friends list. And that's how many people are talking about this issue. Yeah. And so you're going to piss off a lot of people with that kind of demographic. You know, there's probably somebody I pissed off already today on this show. But the point is, is that what's one more, (laughs) what's one less person, you know, because, because the percentages are so low for me. But for her, you know, you have a responsibility to, you're held more accountable than you are, like, than someone like I am. Right. And so. Because let's face it, you're not, uh, we're not even a blip on the radar. Well, it's not like there's a, a network that's pumping money into us saying, we like what you're doing. And so continue it. And so mm-hmm. once, if we started getting money coming in like that. Right. You know, it, they could say, I don't want to support you anymore. Yep. And. Then we, because they're giving us the money, that's yeah. that's ha- kind of how you got to play things. But hey, he'll hippie, stop using the F-bomb so much. Oh, shit. And that's why I like Patreon, because you can go on a pa- Patreon, pledge me for $3, and you can listen for a month if you want. You know, just uh, one show, I say yep. something that pisses you off, you could go and cancel that. Done. Exactly. That's what's great about it. And I just hope there's people out there that... You can all be your own little miniature network executives. You can cancel us in your own mind anytime you want. It won't stop us, but you can at least feel like you've canceled us. And uh, I've said horrible things before. I know that, but, you know, our dozens of listeners. I've said dozens of horrible things just today. <laughs> well, you work in construction. That makes it makes a lot of sense. True. Oh, boy. Anyway, about 15 minutes in. Right. Let's, let's talk about Alanis Morissette for a second. It's only because I did that YouTube video. I released it on YouTube. Yes. It was that one show where we're talking yes. about Dave Coulier and Alanis yes, Morissette. Yes, yes. 
So go search Madman Lowercase on YouTube and you can check out that video. But because I did that video, I was getting like a lot of pictures of Dave Cooley and Alanis Morissette. But at the same time, I was like, I want, I want to hear this song. I remember that song. I want to <laughs> listen to that. And I go to YouTube and I'd listen to these Alanis Morissette songs, particularly from the uh, Jagged Little Pill album. And listening to these songs, loving them, thinking back to the day when I first heard them and how oh, yeah. I loved them then and how I've loved them since I've heard them. Oh, 1995. Yeah, exactly. Because I graduated in 95, you know, so I get it. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading the comments on one of these videos I was watching, and somebody said something to the effect of, this is the most un, un, uh, unappreciated album in the 90s. And I had to comment on that because <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. I think it is like one of the best albums of the 90s when it comes to the 90s there's only like two albums that popped in my head immediately and that's Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill and Green Day's Dookie see for me it was uh, Nirvana's Nevermind and uh, Alanis Morissette I'm biased against Nirvana so he's not going to make any of my lists well Nirvana's not going to make any of my lists you can't whether you like him or dislike him because I'm not a great big fan of their music but you know, when they first came out, it was something different. I was like, oh, holy shit, listen to this. Then I bought Bleach. And like the next one, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm over it. <laughs> but they were a humongous part of the 90s. Yeah. Them or Nine Inch Nails or Tool. But then again, we were going off in my own little world there. Right, what you were listening to. But I mean, I think that that's, you know, I'm not trying to be mean to Alanis Morissette. Okay. We're just we're having fun. And so um, I have a lot of respect for that album. And her as an artist, so I mean, I don't want to get anyone anyone get the wrong impression, you know. I just think it's funny that she's a human being and has a real life. Yeah, you know, because you don't get to see that <laughs> very often when it comes to celebrities. Oh, my senior year girlfriend, that was her album. She loved Alanis Morissette's "Jagged Little Pill." I had to hear that shit all the fucking time. I didn't mind. I mean, everyone was listening to it. I mean, and I think it is in many ways. It's probably one of the best albums of the '90s. And I mean that musically. I'm not. I don't mean popularly. Right. I'm if, I, if I was talking popularly, yeah, Nirvana would make the list. But then again, there was a lot of people who had shitty taste in music back in the '90s. No shit. If we're going musically, then I'm going to have to pull up shit that would show up on nobody's radar. So let's not go there. All right. All right. Well, you want to go into the Hill Hippies Garden? This is. This is yeah, sure. Section. All you, right. What are you let's, talking about? Let's what are you gross- drinking moonshine. No, no, it's uh, soda, white birch beer. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's missing something. Uh, rum? No, it's the, uh, me and uh, EK were talking about this uh, yesterday. As we bought it, it's like, think, oh, this is going to be fucking interesting. Yeah, we get it, and it, it's missing, a, it, you drink it, and you just feel like it's missing something. And I think it's just the caramel coloring that's added, that adds that little bit of flavor. Oh, it's like when Crystal Pepsi came out. Yeah. Like everyone's thought... That there was something different. Yeah. Something's wrong here. Yeah. <laughs> Just in my head, there's something wrong. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's clear, so it throws you off. Right. And it just doesn't feel as rich as right, like right. standard birch beer does. But anyway, anyway. Your garden? I'm going to grow some uh, truth and bring some illumination to our lives. Spoiler warning, uh, ladies and gentlemen. If you have your kids listening... Take them out of the room where this is playing because we're going to be talking about Christmas. And if you have your kids listening to us, shame on you. We're, right. We are bad role models. You are horrible parents. Right. You all suck. Now get your kids out of the room. We're going to be talking about the uh, where the legend of Santa's flying reindeer came from. Okay. Let's, well, why, yeah, why reindeer? <laughs> well, you know me. I'm a budding uh, amateur mycologist, and uh, I grow edible mushrooms as a hobby. You know, hopefully one day I'll be taking my uh, mushrooms to the farmer's market, selling them, bringing these delicious edibles to people to enjoy. So I I research into some of these areas. And Santa's reindeers are because of mushrooms. What? Mushrooms, dude. A species uh, commonly known as the fly agaric, uh, taxonomically called Amanita muscara. It grows in the uh, colder regions of uh, North America. If you've ever played Super Mario Brothers, and I know you have, the standard red cap mushroom with white dots on it. That makes you bigger? Yeah, yeah, at Fly Agaric. That's what it is? That's it. And that's what they're feeding the reindeer? They're uh, feeding the reindeer this. Here's what's really fucking weird, man. They're taking these reindeer, pinning them up, feeding them these Fly Agarics. 
than collecting their piss. What? Why? And drinking it. Why? <laughs> Why? Because it's got hallucinogenic properties. The, the piss does? The mushroom does. But here's the really, really fucked up thing about this is it's an Am- uh, Amanita family mushroom. Like 70%, somewhere between 50 and 70, I'm not sure of the exact number, of these uh, mushrooms in this family are poisonous. Now, you can eat the fly garrick by itself. If you eat one mushroom, you'll be fine and you'll be tripping. You eat much more than that, you're going to be wishing you were dead, and then you will die. But they were feeding these to these reindeer because they had a higher tolerance for these toxins. And the reindeer were filtering the toxins out. But when they pissed, all the hallucinogenic properties were in the urine. And what did they do with the urine? Just drink it? They drank it. And... uh. When they drank it, they reported seeing the reindeer float up above them. <laughs> wow. I can't imagine sitting there under a reindeer dawn. Just <laughs> Come on, man. I need something to drink. I, I'm thirsty. I had a horrible day. I really want to fly tonight. Come on. Come on, Donner. Come on, Donner. So would Fill the jar. So would missionaries would come into... Uh, these regions of uh, the colder regions of North America, they started hearing tales of these flying reindeer and they added that to their stories of Christmas because it's up in the cold where St. Nicholas was at. Right. He's got that iconic red and white suit, just like the red and white fly Garrett cap. Look for mushrooms colored <laughs> like me. <laughs> so we have Santa's rain, uh, Santa's flying reindeer. We think mushrooms and reindeer piss. There's nothing like sitting down to a nice glass of reindeer urine for Christmas Eve. Oh, my God. That's disgusting, man. No doubt, dude. I mean, there's better ways to fucking trip balls than drinking reindeer piss. Well, I mean, I I don't even think I'd drink my own piss. It's like if I'm trapped in like a collapsed building or something like that, it's going to be days before rescue workers get to me. I don't even, I I think I'd just die. Well, well, yeah, the saline concentration inside of human urine is... Much more high than you'd want anyway. Yeah. People survive. Uh, people who drink piss in survival scenarios survive in spite of them drinking their piss, not because of it. Oh, good. So it's never a good idea to drink urine. I- agreed. <laughs> Especially reindeer. That's that's funny though. They 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 didn't want to eat the mushrooms because it was too hot, concentrated. The dose you said. Uh, no, the there is actually toxins in it that oh, could harm your body could, okay. to kill or kill you. So, did they ever have, like, reindeer that died because of it? I didn't get that far into it. I mean, I've read a couple of the stories, shit like that. But, you know, as far as if anyone did studies on if the mushrooms were killing reindeer or not, I don't know. I mean, maybe there's some scientists out there who studied the reindeers of uh, the northern hemispheres. Well, I I wonder if they, like, filtered it through, like, a polar bear instead. Like, if they had a captured polar bear. They fed the polar bear the mushrooms and collected the polar bear's piss. I don't even know, want to imagine the logistics of doing this. You're right. But and say you collected the polar bear's piss, would you see flying polar bears? Maybe. Do you Maybe. think that the mushrooms were filtered through the deer and bring a little bit of the deer with them into the piss? It could be. The spirit of the reindeer. The circle of life. <laughs> but, oh, dude, you know, I don't want to get close to a reindeer fucking wanker, much less a polar bear's polar bear? gigantic yeah. fucking sausage in my face. Come on, man. I'm thirsty. I need my jar filled. And you're, yeah, and you're saying that like while staring at a dick, basically. <laughs> yeah. The reindeer polar bear. You know, that sounds, I want to get my high on. Piss already. <laughs> Talk about pulling the tap. <laughs> Uh, you seen that? What was that? Land, Land of the Lost. Yeah, a long time ago. Well, uh, I'm talking about the movie Will Ferrell and uh, Danny McBride. Oh, the newer yeah. one. Uh, I think I fell yeah. asleep during it. Well, there's a scene. I mean, there's a few scenes in that movie that are hilarious, and the the one scene is where um, Will Ferrell comes back. Everyone had been sleeping, and he had went out and collected dinosaur T Rex urine in the middle of the night. All right. It's so Danny McBride is like, you know, well, how'd that go for you? You know, it's kind of quiet, you know, peaceful, just sitting there in the night and then just waiting there under that dino dong. As Danny McBride <laughs> said, you just stood there waiting under a dino dong, waiting for it to piss. It's like, yeah, how'd that go for you? It's kind of peaceful, kind of like fly fishing. <laughs> then all of a sudden, 
Zing, big catch. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was probably the funniest moment in that film. Oh, good lord! But they were then there were the hallucinogenic properties of the the food they were eating. I don't know if you were awake during that part in the movie, but no, they were I'd... eating something that was making them messed up. And uh, yeah, even even the people who watched Land Before uh, Land of the Lost back then knew that it'd be awesome to be fucked up and watching that show on, you know, take some mushrooms, smoke a little something. I must revisit this movie. (laughs) But yes, hippies getting high have influenced more than you know. Before we were called hippies, we were people feeding mushrooms to the poor reindeer. But here's what I mean. If we do start seeing like mushroom, uh, like if you could filter the, the mushrooms through different species and then you see that species flying, I think that could kind of be a scientific breakthrough because people would be like, we need to filter this through platypus piss right away. (laughs) (laughs) Flying platypi. They already waddle weird enough. Can you imagine them flying with that little weird trot waddle thing they do? Or kangaroos. Kangaroo piss. (laughs) That's another one you'd have to be very careful collecting. (laughs) Yeah. Very good point. Very good point. Or ostrich piss. Oh, God. Flying ostriches, then the only way they could. Yeah. Be the only way they could. It's the only way they could. Super Mario was on to something. Speaking of you. Well, I mean, I've heard, of course, that there's all these drug references, you know, mushroom references. Right. In Mario Brothers. And so, I mean. It is the mushroom kingdom. Yeah. It all started from a crazy ass trip. So, um, I went and saw Solo. Star Wars story. I have not. So I'm going to do the hashtag no spoilers on this. All right. And the first thing I want to say is, hey, um, it is totally worth waiting to watch when it's cheaper. <laughs> um, you know, our Lando was on point. I mean, I thought he did an excellent job as Lando. Donald Glover? Yes. I thought it was very believable. Uh, I thought the guy who played Han Solo, he was okay. Um, but that being said... What about uh, my girl? Which one's yours? Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, you can have her. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, Come on home, honey. I'll be waiting. <laughs> uh, but when it, when it comes to movie being able to movie, it doesn't movie. It doesn't movie? Yeah, and when you... Even if you have a, a dash of Mother of Dragons... Um, it's, it still doesn't help it a whole lot. I remember I came out of the movie and, you know, I went with all, you know, the FXBG Pirate Gamer guys. Right. You know, so I went with all of them and Tom, he was... Well, not all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, not all of them. But, uh, Tom, uh, he was immediately like, the first question he asked me is like, what'd you think? You still processing it? And I was still processing it. Tom, Tom knew me well enough to, to know I was still processing it. But I just I had this impression from him the way he was what he was talking about the movie that he knew I was I hated it <laughs> <laughs> I was going to hate it and I did that bad huh uh, yeah uh, a lot of it I don't I don't think is the fault of the actors or the script or anything like that I'll tell you who I'm going to blame it on George Lucas now it's gonna he be... had nothing to do with this right perhaps but it's going to be a long circle. To get around to why I blame George Lucas. Um, Strap in, folks. We're going for a ride. It's not that long. It's about, you know, 0.94 parsecs. But I'm ching. The problem with prequels is that, uh, you know, prequels like, uh, what am I talking about? Like the Solo, Star Wars Story, the uh, Rogue One. Mm -hmm. The problem with the prequels is that all the players and all the pieces have to be in a certain position by the end of the movie. Right. You know, and so you, by the end of the film, you need to know where everybody's, you already kind of know where everybody's going to be. And so you watch that movie and it's like, okay, who has the Millennium Falcon? You know, they allude to it in Empire Strikes Back where they say, yo, you lost her to me fair and square. And there's no, there's no way they're not going to address that in a movie about Han Solo and Lando Calrissian team up. Right. And that's in there. But you know that all these pieces and all these players need to survive. Nothing too horrible is going to happen to the three main characters, Lando, Han, and Chewie. Right. I'd love to see a lot more Chewie. I'll be honest with you in that movie. There's a lot more Chewie action, 
respect for the Wookiee. I did like that. So you're what you're saying? There's some good chewy action. There's some good chewy action. <laughs> and uh, I mean, hell, you know how long it's going to take. Far? How long? How long or far? It's going to take Han to do the Kessel Run. Right. You already know how many. How many parsecs? Did they address the parsecs issue? Kinda. Kinda. Okay, did they make it sound uh, make him seem like a moron, or did he like some people have speculated the Kessel Run was supposed to be like fourteen parsecs, and he found a way to run it in nine because he found a shortcut? Yeah, they kind of addressed that. This is just, right. not even that. Just, but even this Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs. All right, that phrase that was in A New Hope, mm-hmm. the original. That's also George Lucas's fault, and it's carried over into the Disney universe. Well, yeah, you know, that we is bought the... it, and now we need to fix the your your problems, George Lucas. Everything you screwed up, <laughs> you know. And when he talks in like he talks about laser swords, and laser swords are not what those things are. No, a, you can call it a lightsaber if you want, but you do not call it a laser sword. All right. If anything, it's a photon sword. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe right. a plasma sword. Plasma sword, perhaps. But if it was a plasma sword. It would ignite everything in the room, your clothing, your hair, everything would just poof, go up in flames if it was a plasma sword. Because science. Oh, unless they had it contained in a force field. Okay. Uh, like I said, because science. That's right. A, that's a YouTube channel. Go yes. check it out. It is very good. <laughs> Thank so, you, Kyle, for all yeah. of that 30 seconds. <laughs> Appreciate it. And so, um, and so you know everybody's not going to get hurt. You know, the important characters aren't going to get hurt. Yeah, some incidental characters that were there for this one movie could get hurt. But, you know where everything's going to end up. And the problem is George Lucas, and I'll tell you why. And it's because he started this franchise at episode four. Okay? Okay. Episode four came out, and the uh, what I've read and what I've heard is why he chose to start at episode four, is that he thought it would be easiest to produce on film for that era, 1976-77 right. era, um, out of all the stories because the technology was limited back then. Right. Makes sense. And so that's why he started at four. And that's a very reasonable reason. Mm-hmm. However... <clears throat> You're old. You've been selling toys for too long. Next thing you know, you're writing episodes one, two, and three. Screwing it up. <laughs> Let's be honest. And then you sell it. I'm selling my Star Wars toy. Go ahead. You sell it to Disney, and then Disney sits there, and now they're burdened with the problem. What the hell was he thinking when he wrote that line? <laughs> it's the ship that made the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs. That's a measurement of distance, not time. Right. And so I, I can imagine during that negotiation, when he is selling it, selling his property, that they're, the negotiators are trying to buy it. We're trying to like cut out, knock off a couple million because you know these plot holes? <laughs> if we want to continue the story in any way... We're going to have to fill in these plot holes. Right. Because you're a bad writer. <laughs> <laughs> but you're Disney. You can do anything. So that I'd throw away your uh, knockoff of two million and I had it back on. No, I just, I, I blame George Lucas. And I think that Disney, they had um, a task in front of them to try to explain that visually on film. All right. But then again, there's no time dilation anywhere in the Star Wars universe. Apparently, everyone ages the same. Right. You know, when, uh, if we talk about like Empire Strikes Back, they leave Hoth. All right. Mm-hmm. Luke goes to Dagobah. Everyone else goes to, uh, and uh, the Millennial Falcon goes to Cloud City. Right. Two different places. Now, because of time dilation, they should have aged differently. Right. During that time. You would think so. You would think so. Science says so. Right, especially because they're traveling faster than the speed of light. So, it's weird. I will say one thing. It's like, I remember when, uh, what's up, buddy? I remember when um, the the jump to hyperspace 
was first introduced on screen, you know, when the hunt, when the Millennium Falcon jumped to hyperspace. And, uh, and when they, they did the jump to hyperspace, everyone thought that it was so cool. Mm-hmm. All right, it's so cool, so beautiful. But apparently, um, that's not how it's supposed to look like when you go to hyperspace. When you go to hyperspace, it's not light streaming past you. It's not uh, the spinning, the spinning tunnel, or anything like that. It's supposed to actually supposed to look like a uh, uh, what's it called a. Uh, because the red shift and the blue shift happens, and mm-hmm. and so it's kind of like a rainbow effect, almost like you're traveling to Asgard. So I mean, it's almost kind of like the rainbow bridge when you think about it. Traveling at hyperspeed should be like the Rose rainbow the, bridge. The Rosen Heidenberg. Heisenberg. Rosen Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Yeah, Rosen Heisenberg. Uh, but, uh, Einstein Rosen. Einstein Rosen. That's it. Uh, but didn't uh, back to because science with Kyle. He didn't he say that they got the color shift right because as you're going faster, uh, you would uh, it would shorten the wavelengths of light, therefore you would see more blue. And if you were going slower, it would uh, shift to red. Uh, yeah, I think he put out a video today that I watched earlier, so that like addressed that because he'll do the footnotes where he'll talk, he'll do the video, and then people will comment, right. and then he'll do the footnotes, and so and I think that's cool. Anyway, but yeah, it's totally George Lucas's fault. Disney did the best they could. Um, if you want an action adventure, that's what you get. Gotcha. See, I'm going to blame Disney on this because of the, I haven't seen Solo yet, so I, I'm not including it in this take, but of the Disney released Star Wars films, in my opinion, Rogue One was the best because they had basically a whole new set of characters to play with. They had a time frame to work with, but what these characters were doing, we really had no idea about. There was no thing, no preconceived notion about these characters or what they really were doing to well, a certain degree. Well, I think that's what Disney's trying to do is they're trying to make a new generation of characters. Right. Right. So that you don't have to like fix George Lucas's mistakes. Right. But also they made a solo movie about characters that were already there that we already knew so much about because people are going to be asking questions about Han. they're going to be like who shot first did han shoot first it's like they want to know the truth it's like how did han truly meet chewbacca people want to know this stuff and so they'll do this so this this uh rogue rogue one and solo are both labeled as a Star Wars story right so in many ways it, it's maybe just like a one-shot story that's like we want to what happened with the stolen plans, how they got to right. into Princess Leia's uh, possession, and then boom, it's like, let's clear up all this Han Solo BS. And they already killed him. That's a spoiler for an old movie. Right. So I, don't blame me for no spoilers on that. If you haven't seen, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was <laughs> over two years ago. Exactly. So. You should know that what happens to Han. And so you know you never have to address that character again. You know, you never have to talk about the old ones again. Right. And so you could just continue with the, and that's, after Last Jedi, you can get rid of those characters. Mm-hmm. And you can focus on the new generation. Right. And so that's kind of the point. You can do this one-shot story, story about Han, Chewie, and Lando. It's like, what the hell happened to them? And um, I don't know if you know about Sabacc, uh, the card game they always play. Oh, yeah. yeah these gamblers. Uh, they talked about it a lot in um, uh, a lot of the old fiction mm-hmm. that DC, uh, Disney doesn't think is canon It's no longer yeah. canon. But there are people who are nerdy enough to invent this game. Oh, of course. And so, but they included aspects of the game in the movie. And I thought that was very, very good of them. I, I like that. Nice. Of it. I mean, I like to see character like Han, characters like Chewie, and Lando in action. And there's just, but there's, it seemed like I was waiting for a particular song to start playing. And like, take my love, take my land. You ever, you ever watch Firefly? <laughs> yes. Because it had a real Firefly feel to it. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh. And I didn't really like that. Where, they're, Like, they're trying to cash in on that. Mm. It's like, no. No. That wasn't very nice of you. Um, so, Solo. Yeah, it's totally. Totally worth waiting to watch for for free. <laughs> right on. I mean, it's not like if you like Star Wars... There's no way you're not going to see it. Right. But I'm, I don't know if I would have paid that much to see it. 
And see now that see, I think they messed up by releasing it so close to uh, the Last Jedi because now we got to wait another year and a half for our next Star Wars. Well, adventure. I mean, it's a shame as like how fast we digest stuff these days. I mean, even like uh, Netflix is having trouble keeping up. People are pissed. Like Game of Thrones. When, I want Game of Thrones. Hello. Yeah. And they're like, we're trying to give you the best qual- product quality, you know. So. Uh, and, you know, it's not even so much that that they're trying to give us the best. It's just the logistics of the filming. Right. Because they were always able to film in the summer. And then they had the winter to do post-production, where now they had to film in the winter because winter has come. Yeah. So they didn't have I'm enough sorry. time for the post-production. I'm at HBO, not Netflix. I was thinking about the next topic. <laughs> but that, I mean, is that we consume it so fast. So fast. I mean... For every hour you watch on whatever, television, YouTube, Netflix, whatever, mm-hmm. Hulu, whatever. <laughs> For every hour you watch, there are hundreds, if not thousands of hours put into that one hour of production. Right. And so it's, we can digest it faster than they can make it. Absolutely. And so next thing you know, you got these studios, like we got to crank out more Star Wars pe- movies so that. People don't forget that we're making Star Wars movies. Yeah. <laughs> and the pace that of output, you know, of the movies. I mean, even with even when it comes to, like, uh, um, uh, Marvel, Marvel Studios, you know, it's putting one out almost every year. Yeah. You know, and when you talk about, like, the very first Star Wars, it came out in 77. What was it, 81, the Empire came out? Something like 83, that. 83, the Jedi came out? Mm-hmm. But it was different. We didn't have social media back then. No, we didn't. Yeah, you didn't have like a hashtag Return of the Jedi back there. No. 1984. <laughs> Trending in 1984. Hashtag Alderaan Strong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of Netflix, um, pretty much I love comedy. Of course. I love stand-up comedy. And I particularly love people who have made me laugh most of my life. All right. Classics like Steve Martin and Martin Short, and they oh, have a, yes. they have a two of the three amigos exactly. And I'm okay with Chevy Chase not being there. Uh, see, he's, I like he, I like Chevy Chase's work, uh, but apparently he's a dick, he's a dick in real yeah, life. He's a dick, <laughs> so you know I can get why they didn't invite him. You know. So um, Steve Martin and Martin Short, they have a comedy special on Netflix called "An Evening Evening You Will Forget for the Rest of Your Life." Brilliantly titled, brilliantly performed. Oh, yes. And I'm just, I'm so happy to see these two geniuses together. I mean, uh, so many good movies with both of them in it. So many good television. Yeah. And best of all, their sense of humor. I love how during this special, they are just like out trying to out insult each other. Yes. You know, and it's brilliant. It's like they actually sat down in a room and typed together yeah you know and uh top that motherfucker exactly and so it's like you know steve can just like i'll write this paragraph steve martin writes this paragraph okay this is what i'm gonna say about you all right and then uh and martin short says okay okay that's a good zinger okay right all right let me get a bit paragraph here tap 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 martin short comes back with one and it's true team writing, and you could tell from that mm-hmm. uh, special that they were truly working together, and I think that that was great, and because I've, I'm a writer, you know, and I like ribbon people, you know, most of the time, I, I'm fucking with you. I'm just fucking with you, and I'm not real serious. I'm, Linus, don't take it seriously, you know, I'm just fucking with you. And so, I mean, it's it was good to see that just people messing with each other, and they got their own, like, segments. You know, it was like a one-man show. It was just right. Martin Short for a while, and then it was just Steve Martin for a while. And I thought that was cool. Um, it's kind of like a compromise on their part, too. You know, it's like, can I have just a little section that's mine? And right. this little section that's yours? Says, yeah, because Steve Martin still likes banjos. Oh, yeah. And, of course, Martin Short makes fun of him for it, like I would, too. And Martin Short likes uh, showing off his penis. Yeah. Likes getting naked. Yeah. Anyway, I would highly recommend it. You've seen it, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it, it was one of those. I turned on Netflix and it that popped, popped up. up. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> decision made. Definitely watching that. Yeah. I think it's really good. Really good. Check it out. Um, 
So we got our first patron on Patreon. Right on. Thank you, Uncle John. Um, I'm trying to make more patron-only combat. Combat? combat? You, people was, are paying the three bucks and you're wanting to combat with them. What the fuck, man? In my head, I just got my brand new Atari 2600 and that was the only game I had. That's that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. And so, uh, <laughs> patron-only content. Content. Um, please be patient. I do have, I have been like trying to write stuff that will eventually be available um, like within two weeks. And he promises to elocute better. Electrocute? Elocute. I think that's the proper word. Eloquate? Eloquate, that's it. <laughs> anyway. I said him, not me. <laughs> anyway, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, and you can get this uh, advanced content and the exclusive content for patrons. You know, $3 a month. Not so bad. No. And uh, we'd really appreciate it. Keep us going. Because, you know what, I don't want to be, you know, fired for saying something stupid, comparing myself to a monkey or something. Then I'll, I'll get mad at myself, try to sue myself. Am I not supposed to compare myself to a monkey? For self, for self-slander. Is that a thing? Uh, wouldn't that just be self-revelation? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> self-critical? I don't know, I think we need to drink some reindeer I... piss and think about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need a lawyer, a good bird lawyer. Good bird Dude, lawyer. Lawyers suck. Yes. Yes, they do. They do. All right. We're about a little bit more than 45 minutes in. You want to get into the news worth knowing? Sure. Let me ask you something. You just did. All right. Moving on. You ever have a gold stone or a kidney stone? Or Thank like God, no. All right. As much as I've put various poisons into my body over the years, sodas, alcoholic beverages, other things which I will not name on air. So uh, that was a very long no. Fuck you. Pass. Um, <laughs> but I know people who have had kidney stones, stuff like that. And I do not, after seeing what it's done to them, I don't think for a second that they could get up and graduate from college. Within 24 hours of doing something like that. Of passing a, a, kidney, a kidney stone. stone. And giving birth has been compared to that. Uh, that's what I'm told. But, you know, I think I'd have to hear that from a woman who's both given birth and passed some pretty large kidney stones. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's different. Um, but anyway, here's the headline. A Minnesota woman graduates college 21 hours after giving birth. A woman shocked her classmates when she donned her cap and gown at her university graduation just 21 hours after giving birth with her baby in tow. Forgive me for messing up your name. Zainab Abdallah, 26 years old, welcomed her second daughter, Salma. Oops. Microphones. Her second daughter, Salma, at 8 p.m. Excuse me. Burp. Didn't let it stop her from accepting her master's diploma in special education the next afternoon. The, oh, a British guy must have wrote this. The mom of two said graduating was a very important moment for her. She is the first in her family to have reached third-level education. She was released from Park Nicolette Methodist Hospital. Hospital. i got to practice. Hospital. From the clinic. In Minneapolis. I don't know how Brits say our city names. They, they pronounce them funny. Minneapolis. <laughs> Just, I'll stop. I'm sorry, British people listening. <laughs> Forgive me. I watched too much Monty Python when I was a kid. Just a time. It rotted his brain. <laughs> oh. Park Nicolette Methodist Hospital in Minneapolis, just in time to attend the 5.30 uh, p.m. ceremony with her newborn. Zainab spent two years working towards degree, her degree at the University of St. Thomas, uh, and said that pregnancy didn't make the final stretch before graduation any easier. Yeah. Think about that for a second. No doubt. You got to deal with the finals, and you're oh, Karen, this baby, the window of the thing come out. What if it comes out during finals? This is big. Think about that kind of pressure going on in your mind. Yeah, you sit down to take the test, and your water breaks. Can oh. I get an extension? And they're like, they probably say no. Right. <laughs> they probably say no. You, this is your first kid. Oh, you've got hours. Finish the test. <laughs> you can, you're only excused when the contractions get two minutes apart. Right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, she um, and would she, they have to make uh, send uh, somebody up from the outside in to double check? Well, you're only crowned to four centimeters. I think you can finish. Yeah, 
You can finish the essay. Okay, she uh, moved to the U.S. in 2006 from Syria and said the morning sickness early on in her pregnancy threw a spanner in the works. Definitely British. Yeah. And was determined not to let it affect her academic performance. Uh, although her mother, Anab Yaguf, 50, thought she was crazy to attend the graduation just one day after welcoming the baby, it was important to her to accept her degree in person. She said... I discovered I was expecting my second baby in September 2017, and doctors told me my due date was on May 16th. We are told our graduation date a year before it happens, so I knew when I would be graduating on May 19th. I was like, ooh, decidedly inconvenient. <laughs> of course, being pregnant made university even more challenging. I was quite sick with morning sickness at the beginning, which is very predictable. Um... Anyway, the point is, is like, what a trooper. Uh, the point is, what drugs were you on? Just, let's face it. She shoved something the size of a watermelon out of the opening the size of a lemon, and she went walking down an aisle and across a stage the next day. Well, how... I could be real tranked up and still do something like graduation. It's not very mentally demanding. No. It's not like it's a test. Graduation is just showing up and right, getting but, your tassel But still, turned. you've got to think the damage that's done down there. And moving, and with two objects, moving right next to the wound to, to make this journey not only to get to said venue, but to walk down said aisle and across said stage and back to your seat. And then to get out of there. Did she have her own private morphine drip that she could sit there and just pull out of her pocket? All right, I can do this. I don't know. Maybe she got pills. I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move on to this news story. I, I, forgive me for mispronouncing a place I would never buy stuff from. Balan Siaga's $1,245 t-shirt shirt baffles Twitter, Twitter users. Mm-hmm. All right. High-end brand Balenciaga, Balenciaga likes to push boundaries when it comes to fashion, but one item is new in its, in its new collection has people... Completely baffled. It's a t-shirt shirt for men. Now, I'm just going to flip the laptop around and show you the picture of this thing. All right. While I describe it for our listeners. It's a t-shirt with a collared button-up shirt attached to the front of it. Hanging down limply. Hanging down empty and limp. That's what she said. She should know by now. The... uh, (laughs) Uh, yeah, it's just a blue tee. Blue t-shirt with a checkered sh- blue shirt, buttoned-up shirt, just hanging on the front of it. Is this, I don't know, maybe like gay men? Now you get in the little shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I could think it'd be useful for. I, oh. For cuddles. A cud- I would call it the cuddle shirt and not the t-shirt shirt. Right, but then shouldn't the collar be reversed? Otherwise, the guy's going to feel backwards. No, no, it's for spooning. Okay. For spooning. Okay. That's the only thing that makes sense when I look at this t-shirt. But then again, you know what? Personally, when I think of spooning, I think of maybe this should be pants instead. Because that's, you know, normally where you want to spoon proper. <laughs> you should make a jumpsuit. I mean, it, I guess how popular the line is. But I'm not going to spend over, two, uh, you know, $1,000 for a shirt with a shirt on it. Right. That thing is ugly as sin. It is ugly. Anyway, I just wanted to touch on that. It's like, uh, what's... I wouldn't want to touch that at all. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because, uh, fashion rarely makes sense. (laughs) It is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. So I want to swing back around to Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin because, uh... You want to swing with Martin Short? No. No. Only if I get that shirt. I I can be the big spoon. Yeah, because I don't think he could be anything but the little spoon. <laughs> it's not his fault. Uh, Martin Short says he refuses to mention Trump in the Netflix flick special. I wouldn't even call it a presidency. This is why I love this guy. He always cracks, cracks me up. Martin Short and Steve Martin have deliberately kept politics. Politics. <laughs> politics. Politics. That's where you tip your congressman. And uh, they have kept politics and Donald Trump largely out of their comedy. But in Short's case, it's not because he's short of opinions. Quote, Steve and I have a great respect for the fact that we didn't want just a liberal audience. Smart. So you want the audience to feel that this is, in a way, a safe zone. A zone where they're not going to be made to feel like a jerk because they voted one way. 
Martin Short, 68, told the Daily Beast in an interview released Sunday. So that's why we deliberately did not mention Donald Trump, he continued. But as far as the Trump presidency, I wouldn't even call it a presidency. It's an asterisk. It's a typo. I mean, every day it's worse. And 10 years from now, the history of books will be having a field day with it. (laughs) And the shame of the people who supported him, if they're still around, in the sense of being in the public eye, will be the people who supported McCarthy. (laughs) You know why it's funny? Because it's true. I. And I think that's what's funny about Martin Short and Steve Martin is they know that the fu- some of the funniest stuff in the world is what's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, his biggest issue is not necessarily Trump himself, but rather those around him calling Fran Lebowitz's quote that New Yorkers didn't vote for Trump because we know who he is. <laughs> he added, Trump is Trump. Some people find him hilarious. I don't find it hilarious. But you can't say it's dull. There's nothing credible about Donald Trump, but the people around him, uh, who one would have thought had credibility, whether it's Mitch McConnell or Paul Ryan, have lost all credibility in their support. And I think that was smart of them to keep I politics out of it. You know, because this issue with Donald Trump, you know, love him or hate him, you know, it's dominating the but media, 100%. Especially comedy. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's so easy to make fun of Donald Trump. It's oh, yeah. so easy to make fun. He does fun. it for them. It's so f- easy to make fun of Kanye West. You know, the easy targets. Mm-hmm. Easy targets. All right, speaking of <laughs> the people Trump surrounds him with, uh, Rudy Giuliani gets a chilly reception, booed at the Yankee Stadium for his birthday. Rudy Giuliani gets booed at Yankee Stadium? Yeah, why do you think that happened? Because he supported Trump. All right. Former, but still, you know, he was their golden boy after 9-11. Exactly. That's why they they booed him. All right. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani met, was met with boos rather than happy birthday chants at Yankee Stadium on Monday. Giuliani, who is 74, a longtime New York Yankees fan, was in attendance with his son at the ballpark when the announcer wished him a happy birthday over the loudspeakers, Sports Illustrated reported. Instead of cheers, the crowd booed at the mention of Giuliani's name. That's all we really need to talk about with this article. And I just asked you, he's like, why do you think that happened? It's because he supported Trump. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, it's like, he has that impressive resume. Right. You know, in the 80s, he was like going after the five families, mm-hmm. you know, going after mafia figures. And right. he's still alive. Yeah. By the way. Obviously, because right? they just celebrated his birthday. Now, I don't care what your politics are. You start putting mobsters in prison, you got balls, and you get my vote. If I were living in New York and I were able to vote for Rudy Giuliani for mm-hmm. mayor, Absolutely, you'd get my vote. Right. Because that is some sack yeah. to go after the mafia. That's some brass cojones there, bucko. And then he was mayor on September 11th, 2001. Mm-hmm. And he proved his medal. Yeah. In the wake of all that. Now, I mean, even back when he started side, it's like, yeah, I'll be your lawyer to Trump. I was like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah. You are so much cleaner than him in the eyes of the Republican Party. You know, even Republicans are, would boo you. And that's why, I mean, every single Democrat in Yankee Stadium boos him outright because of association to Trump. Right. But then even the Republicans in Yankee Stadium are sitting there saying, yeah, you fucked yourself up, Rudy. Boo. Yeah. You did the wrong thing by supporting Donald Trump. I understand you want to support the party, but you got to understand is like that man is a walking catastrophe. I'm a fan. <laughs> I know you are. Glad you've been out of the room this whole time, by the way. Probably would have ranted. I would have kicked you out of the room. Anyway, I guess we got about one minute left. Um, I'm going to remind you, like, check us out on Facebook. You can find FXBG Public Radio. Is it Public Radio on Facebook? Uh, no, they, I'm still pending on the change. It still is okay. FXBG Pirate Radio. All the logos and imagery has changed. Okay. Almost two months later. But you can search for on Facebook for Shock Monkey Radio Redux. Right. And you can go to FXBG Public Radio's website, FXBGPublicRadio.com. And, you, yeah. and it'll take you to the appropriate Facebook pages and such. Exactly. Um, also, check out Patreon.com slash Shock Monkey Radio. Consider becoming a, a patron. And uh, you can get access to the exclusive comment for patrons. Con- comment. Combat. What? Content. <laughs> Content. <laughs> Again, 
I want to pay get... us, and he was gonna blow your ass up. I wanted to make your tank spin. I was thinking about Atari Twenty Six Hundred again. Nice. <laughs> okay. So... Yeah, the excuse worked once. It ain't gonna fly again. No, I'm not gonna be able to play that off twice. Uh, anyway, I'm the Madman, and I love you. I'm the Hill Hippie, and I wish you peace, love, and good hunting. Bye.